Gary O'Neill playing ball point. Throws down the line to Huang. Further on down the line to Cunha. Cunha looking to lift the cross in. Sarabia takes it. Oh! Pablo Sarabia with a stunning finish at the near post to get Wolves back on level oh, terms. All about the touch that. What a touch that is, by the way. Doyle with a clever early pass out to the right hand side. On, Here comes boys. Sarabia. There are players in the box. Sarabia's through ball. Lamina! Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 316, that is 3, it's 1, it's 6, it's the Ines, Happy Wolves Podcast, I'm your host Nathan Judo, as ever, to be joined by Kino, Kino, come in, Kino. What an intro, it's getting better every week mate. What an intro, and that was just Burroughs, not bothered about you lad. Ah, ah. Those are the moments. Those are the moments where you're sat in the press box, you're watching pure beauty, poetry in motion. It was and I was there moment, Liam. And then you look to your left and you see an empty seat and you're thinking, Judas sat outside, waiting for fans, updating his phone, wondering what the hell's going on. And I couldn't be happier. Ah, oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, we, 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 you know, we've had a few moments, haven't we, where we're, you know, maybe we've got a little bit excited in press I know, boxes. That's, I, that's just that's just the Premier League in Ipswich, lad. <laughs> Free Mackies. <laughs> and I think back to but the one that reminds me the most probably is two-two away at Chelsea. Connor Cody last yes. minute last minute equaliser, yes. and you you hadn't gone out to see the fans yet. I, I think is it because the fans are fairly nearby from where we're sat or something. Correct. Like that? Yeah, it's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. So you you don't have to leave as early. Mm. Um, and then that, that header goes in, and for a brief moment there was a um, you know a lapse in professionalism with the, with the two of us where we might have lost, <laughs> lost it for a brief second. Um, unfortunately, this time, as you say, you were you were out of the building, and I was sat there on my own. Well, to the left on my own, but to my right, I oh, had big Malives. I had big Malives who almost Snowy. almost <laughs> almost rugby tackled me to the floor. Um, <laughs> I meant to be fair, I was giving it so as well. I was like, I mean, I'm not going to swear. I almost did then, but I'm not going to. Oh, no, um, don't do that. Do <laughs> 30 seconds in. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, you've got you to take those moments in. Don't get me wrong. As a, I can't take it in as a normal supporter because I've got to sure, be sure. objective. I've got to work. And, unfortunately, I've got to rewrite my intro for the 15th time in that game. <laughs> but that's why we love it. Um I've got to I've got to openly admit that there have been times when I have lost it in the press box and I don't really care about some people in the press. Some people in the press are, are nice. Some people are just weird. They're weird <laughs> and they're awkward. Leave me or alone. you know, or or it's the you know the away media or the home media, wherever you are. And you know, I I don't care. Sometimes I, I'm not really bothered. What are they going to say to you? Sit down. I mean, a lot of the the football scouts or the analysts and stuff like that, they're very much animated. So if someone scores, if Wolves score in the last minute in a massive game away at a big club, I'm up. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, but yes, unfortunately, not on this time. I mean, look, it was it was an unbelievable moment, Liam. It's an unbelievable goal. The equaliser is an unbelievable goal. We'll be talking about it 
for uh, coming up in a little bit. But what do you do when you're leaving that ground, when the adrenaline's thr- uh, thr- you know, flowing throughout your body, easy for me to say, and, um, and, you, and you get back? What do you, how did you celebrate? That's a good question. Yeah. How did I? How did I celebrate? I, I had a cheese plate, I'll be honest. <laughs> you know jealous. when you say cheese plate and you look at a cheese plate and you think uh, you, you've got to forget about calories on a cheese plate because there's no way you're having two or three slithers and then, you know, and a couple of crackers. You're having, especially when it's coming up to Christmas now, you're having at least half a, half a wedge of cheese for me. You know, you're having, you've got to have all together, you know. So we had some brie. I think brie's top, top tier cheese 100%. for me. 100%. Um, 100% agree. Brie, we had, what else did we have? Um, oh, we had some actually fresh mozzarella, but you know, the hard mozzarella, really lovely, very nice. Um, I'm getting Had hungry. some of that, had some, what else did we go for? I've forgotten now. Some roquefort, a little bit of blue. No, it's not bad. I don't, I don't mind it. It wouldn't be my number one choice, but I don't mind no, a bit of blue as well. No, um, and, and then I, and then I go a little bit more common, and I do like a bit of borsan if I'm if I'm really being indulgent. Oh, now we're talking. But that's well, that's pretty common, you know. But I don't care. I mean, that that's lovely. I mean, me and Rosie did. This wasn't the weekend just gone, but it was a few weeks ago, two or three mm. weeks ago. We did finish off oh. a, a whole triangle. Fin- carry on. Finish the sentence. <laughs> Excuse me. A whole sort of wedge of brie on its own in one oh, sitting we had the whole thing oh, and that was for lunch really <laughs> yeah a bit of bread a bit of crow it was amazing I can't beat it so little, good. do you have a little bit a little bit of quince a little bit of or maybe fig jam in there a little bit of liquid just to just to just to just to you know have that little bit of je ne sais quoi didn't open either of those but did actually oh. open uh, some sort of cheese chutney thing I can't remember Ooh. what it was but it was yeah it was a chutney to go with it and it was like apples and pears and things like that oh it was, yes it was good it was very nice anything else that you have I mean there's some beautiful ones out there uh, Comte we had Comte I love Comte have you had that before like a hard cheese delicious Spurs manager no <laughs> X um, well X obviously delicious but yeah do you, what, do you, do you not celebrate do you not have a, you're not in a good mood going into the evening oh massively you? massively but I was working Sunday <laughs> so I couldn't go crazy. Okay. And I genuinely this I mean this sounds incredibly boring. I don't think I did anything. <laughs> oh mate. <laughs> I oh no, to... I thought you went to the cinema. No, oh my god, I did. I completely forgot about that. Okay, oh. okay, 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 I did do something, but what when I got home originally I sat there supposed to be bloody teen, you up here, Keith. I had dinner, not, I didn't not... really do much. Mm. But what I did do mm. Is I did sit there and I watched the replay of both goals you have a few to, on a, a few a few times, quite a few yeah. times. So much so that my sister and Rosie both said to me, Why are you watching that? You were literally there about four <laughs> hours ago. You literally watched it in real life happen. Why are you watching it on I said, Well, I'm you know, I'm I'm gonna write about it tomorrow. I've gotta, to, you know, make sure I'm up to date on everything that's happened. I like to and also, I was absolutely loving every single second of watching it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but after that, you're right. I did go to the cinema. I went to see mm-hmm. what's it called again? Killers of the Flower Moon. Killer, bit, bit of Leonardo. Can't be a bit of Leonardo. Bit of Leo, mate. It is. What, did you it's like it? Long. It it's is long. very long. It's, got it's long. three hours fifteen, something like that. Well, I said to you before, didn't I? Because I know we discussed this and it's just discussed about me going to the cinema and getting a little bit older and needing to go to the toilet. I can't sit through three hours anymore. I need at least one toilet break. I mean, if I've if I've gone for a massive coke or something like that, um, liquid form, um, <laughs> then it's probably going to be two. It's probably going to be two. So um, 
but so, quite a few people sent me this amazing site where like when to pee in movies and it has the exact time of when not a lot's going on because you don't want to miss a big moment or a big twist or or something that's happening so it's it's timing it when you think oh there's going to be a lull and there's actually sites that will show you when the best time is to pee so one did you use that and two what did you think of the movie so it's all a mindset isn't it mm, okay. if you can if you can convince yourself that you don't need the toilet you you, mm. you will never go again it's oh, a mindset ever ever <laughs> well, i didn't i didn't go once in that three hour wow movie. not once wow did you and have a drink I, I did i had a tango ice blast the best go <laughs> <The> be- <laughs> are you six <laughs> mate you have to get one of them if you go to the cinema you, i've never you, had one i can't do if that. you if you go to the cinema and don't have one of them you, what's the point you might as well stay home and watch netflix what's the uh, well i don't mind a bit of netflix and chill lad um uh, what's the difference between a tango ice and a, a tango ice blast or is it just is it just marketing um, what's the blast part in it I, well, I, I, I think the first one is just an abbreviation of the second. I think oh, okay. that's just someone that's just someone saying that because they can't be bothered to say the full name. Right. Okay. <laughs> the and, same thing. And why is it so good? Um, because it's got a hundred and ten thousand grams of sugar in it. <laughs> so it's, it's absolutely superb. <laughs> so that with a little bit of popcorn, you can't complain, mate. You can't complain. The movie I thought was very good. I thought it was yeah. very good. It is a bit brutal and it is a bit yes. long. Yes. Um, but I don't mind either of those. <laughs> so mm. it was, it was very good, very, very, it's, very, it's very well It's Scorsese. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, because he he comes yeah. up at the end. Well, I'm going to ruin it. Yeah. Well, no, it's not really, it's, it's not really ruining it because it's just mm. that he has a very small cameo and he's, mm. it's mm. fine. He yeah, he pops up at the end and almost has so, like the final word of the movie really. But yeah, it's very good. Um, and the big news is because you know we've talked about how cheap you are and the halves that you go with your misses. But I was very proud of you. Very proud of what you said uh, prior to the the Spurs game because you upgraded to VIP. Kino, you upgraded to VIP. That raise is coming to fruition. I love it. And it's not the first time. Last time we went to the cinema, we upgraded to VIP as well. Wow. Big news, mate. Big news. So it's no longer £4.99 for a standard uh, ticket. It is now £7.50. (laughs) Big boy walking in Big money. Chess walking up those stairs, looking past the peasants to your left and right on row D and E, F, G, yeah, keep going lads, look at me, here we go, K, come on, we've made it love, K, row K, row K, row K. Bit of extra leg room, you can't complain, and Rosie still paid for her ticket, so it's actually top top draw mate, top top draw. You're a disgrace, oh you've let yourself down. Right, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, I did say I'd pay for it. Spurs 1. Oh, God. Um, let me talk about the football, please. We're 10 minutes in. Um, Lima, I, I must admit, when I, when I did leave my seat um, in the game, I was frustrated. Obviously, it was what they were losing 1-0 uh, at the time. And I did feel, look, things can change, etc., that for the majority of that game, I was frustrated because they, they had a lot of possession. I didn't think Spurs were particularly good. Of course, they had injuries. Of course, they had players out. Uh, Wolves had their best player out as well, by the way. People haven't forgotten. Um but there was a lot of control, and bar that lapse in concentration at the start, of, very start of the game, um, it, by and large, I thought Wolves had the majority of possession in the game and, and looked comfortable on the ball. But at the same time, lacked anything going front. That that apart from injury time, though, that last third of the pitch. I mean, goodness me, it was it was anemic really. The delivery from set pieces, you know, the corners, free kicks, balls into the box. 
Um, they didn't really look like scoring all, all afternoon. I think that was why it was such a, a huge surprise. Okay, the end of the game was was incredible, and when you score two in in, the, in injury time, everybody's going to erupt. But at the same time, they didn't really look like like troubling the keeper at any stage. No, yeah. Obviously, you go one nil down in the manner Wolves did as well, where it was a bit of a frustrating goal to concede. It was what two and a bit minutes into the game. And um, we're fearing the worst straight away. But as you just said, to Wolves' credit, they regained a lot of control after maybe the first five, maybe ten minutes at mm-hmm. that push. And Wolves had the majority of possession. They, you know, Spurs for a side that were, you know, hailed as this attacking, free-flowing side, barely touched the ball, barely got into Wolves' box, were happy to sit back. And Wolves, you know, d- dominated possession as well as the chances, albeit. Again, to your point, the, the chances weren't clear-cut and they Wolves has never really looked like scoring. The whole game, really, it was a a period of frustration because Wolves were almost, almost perfect up until the final third. They defended really well. They won the ball back in midfield. They took a few players on. They played nice passes around triangles, got into good areas, got crosses in the box, got into the box with the ball and barely took a shot, barely tested the goalkeeper, barely actually carved Spurs open, albeit get the ball into good areas. And that was where the frustration was because it felt like Wolves, for everyone's money, were going to lose that game 1-0. And it mm-hmm. was going to be really frustrating. It wouldn't have been a massive disappointment because Spurs obviously are a good side, but in the context of the game, it would have been frustrating because Wolves should have got something from that game. And we're thinking, right, they've lost 1-0, the game's gone, and out of nowhere... Everything that happened, happened. But again, another point I want to sort of reiterate that you've just said there as well is the set pieces were absolutely awful. Dying. <laughs> Dying. I know a few people have tweeted, you know, picking up on this as well. Um, they went from Bellegarde taking them originally to Ignori, mm-hmm. back to Bellegarde, mm-hmm. back to Ignori. Neither of them could beat the first man. When they no. did, they were, it was nowhere near a Wolves player. It was... They were really, really poor. It's got, something, got to to, improve. something to Doyle improve. As, Doyle as well at Sheffield United as well was pretty poor as well. So that's definitely something that they've got to work on in the international break for those players that, that are going to be there because that, that's got to improve going forward. Yeah, definitely. It has to be something to improve. When you've got players like Craig Dawson and Max Kilman and Totti Gomez who mm. should be, at the very least, creating or you know uh, creating more chances or having more efforts on goal within a season, let alone a game, um, and then hopefully scoring more goals on top of that, then you have to be test them a bit more. I mean, Craig Dawson himself has got a brilliant goal record, hasn't he? So mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to get a bit more out of those players, I think. So that that's obviously a disappointment, and, and the way the game was going, it looked absolutely certain the Wolves were going to lose that game one 0 and then Pablo Sarabia popped up out of nowhere. It was funny, isn't it? Because uh, Gary Neal did say, and I think I asked him the question about Pablo Sarabia in the in the in the press conference the day before, and he he said, look, he's had an excellent week. He said. He's probably had one of the best weeks he's had, um, and he's still in my thoughts. But you know, going into that game, he had been incredibly underwhelming since he'd arrived, and really wasn't even getting used at all from from the bench. So, so this was a a bit of a surprise, I guess, coming on. Now, Gary Neal said that, like I say, after the post match press conference, you know, we we knew he, he trained well all week, which we heard on the Friday. I mean, he still brought him on in the 87th minute, Liam. So it wasn't as if he was bringing him on in the 50th minute or half time. So he gave him three minutes plus injuries. I wasn't. I don't think it was a huge, you know, um, trust in in and in, in, in Pablo Sarabia in the faith there. But at the same time. Uh, to score that goal and what a goal it was, I'm sure it would win goal of the month. 
I'm sure it will. It was a brilliant piece of skill to control the ball. That, that first touch is absolutely sublime. The, I can't even emphasize how difficult that is to do. And then to finish with his left foot, oh my goodness. But we've all watched it, we've all watched it a million times. I tell you what, Liam, watch the last goal again. Because for me, the pass to pass to Lamina is just as good as the goal. It's an absolutely brilliant, but that is a difficult pass, a difficult ball to make. This wasn't just a, a pass across goal, you know, across the face of the goal. It was a brilliantly timed, weighted pass that was um, that was super. I think Doyle picked it up, did really well, got it to Sarabia, but that, that's one of the passes of the season for me and, and just as good, if not better, than the goal itself. Spot on. There were two moments, weren't they, of finesse, precision, quality, and these are the you know the moments and, and and qualities in in Pablo Sarabia that we expected and haven't really received as people following Wolves and and, and Wolves fans who you know saw a player come in as a, a Spain international from a big club in PSG um, for a very good fee, very experienced player, and you know he's on big wages, very very big wages at Wolves, and has not been able to deliver. Unfortunately, he struggled to adapt. I think to the physicality of of the Premier League. It's fair to say. And then he has a, a breakout moment like this. And will it be his only moment for Wolves? There's a there's a good chance. I hope it isn't, but there's a good chance. Um, oh, his challenge, his challenge is to is, is to build from that now. You know, you can't dine off this moment for so long. But for the you know the purposes of this podcast, we will give him the the credit he deserves because he does deserve that credit. You you have such a a tough run in terms of struggling to perform, struggling to give your best in a in a club shirt and then you're limited to opportunities after that. I think it was only mm-hmm. almost two months um, to the day almost where he'd, he'd made two appearances basically in two months. You know, he, he's hardly played under Gary O'Neill and, uh, and when he did early parts in the season, um, similar to, to Fabio obviously and Fabio's in a similar situation now, he didn't he didn't really perform aside from maybe Blackpool, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the Cup. So, so there's, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot for Sarabi to make up for, but my word, did he go a long way to doing it with, with this performance. And, and actually, just to focus on the first goal quickly, mm. watching it in real time, I'm obviously in between looking up and looking at my laptop and all, everything that's going on in real time. I didn't realise this until I heard Gary O'Neill say it in the press comments, and then I watched the replays back. The pass from Cunha, he really fizzes it at him as well. I mean, it, not only is it such a difficult touch to make, with the flight of the ball in the moment, in the air. But it's how quick the ball comes at him as well. I mean, the, the quality to be able to bring that down and then finish it is sublime. And then, yeah, to your point, the the pass for Lamina is just so subtle, exquisite, exquisite. but so intelligent, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely perfect. And and they were two perfect moments to to probably give Wolves to deserve three points. And that's the play we were kind of advertised, weren't we? I mean, we, we understood that, you know, when he came and he was he was at PSG and then he went to Sporting and scored a load of goals there. Still scored, you know, a decent rate for, for PSG when he played, albeit minimally, and then he's come here. You think that that's what you're getting. Wolves are getting assists, they're getting goals. Uh, when someone comes from the continent or comes, comes from Europe and they come here, normally there's a dip in stats because Premier League is the best league in the world, but it's also the hardest league in the world. So you're not going to get you know, football manager stats to a certain extent with these players come, but we have expected more. <clears throat> well, I would say two things. Uh, first of all, you say, interesting you say about the ball being fizzed to him. Uh, I didn't realise this, but Tomo said 
um, on the broadcast and I completely agree with him. Now, many people won't. I think there's a question about it, but I thought this at the time when I, when I watched the replay from outside the ground and also when I watched it again. For me, for me, and I might be doing him a disservice, Liam, Matthias Cunha is not aiming for Pablo Sarabia. He is, there's not a chance that ball, and Pablo Sarabia points to him and, you know, they all do the thing and they can't believe it. There's not a chance that he's trying to pick out Pablo Sarabia. That ball is intended for Sasha Kalajic, I guarantee you. And then Sarabia's come late, he's t- turned and he's put the moment in magic, but I'm not giving that, I'm not giving Cunha that, that praise. I'm sorry, it's not for him. No, you're right. We, we did uh, get a couple of questions about this as well to see if we agree with Tomo and... Unfortunately, I have to agree as well. Oh, mate, it's not. It's no <laughs> uh, way, no as, chance going as to As much as I like Mateus Cunha, um, and, and I, I think he's a very, he's very putting good it into the box. He's putting into think... the, he's putting into the mixer. Let's give him that credit. Yeah, he's putting exactly, into the mixer. Yeah. Into, yeah, so. yeah. I, if, you, if we're going to be perfectly honest, like, I think he's a very good footballer who doesn't suit being a number nine. There's a lot of question marks about that. He's not a natural finisher, yeah. but overall, I think he's a very good footballer as a person. I interviewed him after the game, but also what he's like around the squad. I think, I think he's been brilliant. So I've got no complaints around him. No, really, aside from the you know the finishing, the goal scoring. But I've got to be honest when I see it, it's actually a poor cross for Kalajic, isn't it? <laughs> it's very short. It's very short. If we're being honest, it's a very short cross. That if Sarabia doesn't make that run, the goalkeeper is coming out and just catching that. Yeah, it's going to bounce in front of the keeper, and he's just going to catch it. It's just a standard. It's just a standard take. Um, but luckily for him, Sarabia's made a good run. Now, if I'm wrong and we're doing him a disservice, I, I apologise. But I no, don't. I, no. I don't for a second think. I think it's a. I think it's a poor cross for Galajic. <laughs> the Wolves might have got a little bit lucky from. But you know, Cunha's popped up with a few assists, so yeah. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. I think he's earned it. Well, he's, he's got the assist in the actual stats. That's that's. Uh, you're not taking that away from him. And you know, he got five points on my on my bench in uh, fantasy oh, Premier League. So happy days. Um, Another thing that I would say as well is, yes, um, Sarabia has definitely underwhelmed and has not really had a chance um, this season to show what he can do. And that's probably his own fault as well, as much as anyone's. And and hopefully this galvanises him and acts as a catalyst for him going forward. But when you have players who are coming on and turning a game round like that, the actual value of them in a squad, Liam, regardless of how little they've played, is massive because he has single-handedly taken Wolves from zero points in that game to three points, single-handedly. If Pablo Sarabia doesn't come onto that pitch, Wolves get zero points. Uh, there's a thing that there's there's a thing about value of players, and I'm not going to go into it too much, but my American fans will know about about um, a stat called WAR, wins above replacement. So basically, you look at your average player and you look at how many how many points, how many wins that th- the player that you've got, the star player, has got above what an average player would do, and that's the value they are intrinsically to their franchise or to their football club. And two players who have played not a lot of football this season, Pablo Sarabia. That's a plus three for me in terms of points because no one else comes out. Wolves don't get any points in that game for me. That's from zero to three. So that's a huge turnaround regardless of how little he's played. So for me, he's that, that he's made a massive contribution to this season, however, however limited his time's been. And you can you can maybe look at Sasha Kalajic and, and the lack of game time he's had, but he's popped up with the winner against Everton. He's popped up with the winner against Bournemouth. Those are two big moments there where Wolves have gone from one point to three points. So you've got a plus two and a plus two. You know, whether someone else would have scored in those instances, 
I would say probably not from the Everton. He's used his height. Um, Bournemouth probably more of a more of a, a finish that you maybe expect maybe an average player to 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 score. But at the same time, what I'm saying to you is that these players are scoring and creating goals in big moments, not not consolations at four one down or three nil up. And that's why they are very very important to this team. Yeah, because it also breeds confidence and competition, doesn't it, within the squad? Because the last thing you need is well, a team not performing in the first place, but let's say your 11 are performing and every player that you're bringing off the bench is struggling. Now, as long as that 11 is performing, it's not going to make a major difference to results, potentially. I mean, it, you might lose a few points here and there, but it's, it, overall it probably averages it out. But what are the odds on that 11 staying consistent for a whole season, for example? It's very, very low. So you have to have players come in and ready to take their opportunities. And that's where, again, credit to, I think, O'Neill, but in particular, the individual players that are taking those chances. And you can go back to a few weeks ago. You look at Bubakar Traore and Tommy Doyle. Some of their starts, or their one start each actually, recently, didn't really go to plan for either of them. But off the bench, in recent games, both of them have done really well. You then look at Clyde, as you mentioned, two late winners. Makes a massive impact for Wolves. And then Sarabia as well. So of Wolves' four league wins, three of them have come with last minute winners and you can look at that and say well should Wolves be killing some teams off earlier in the game yes I suppose they should but I think you have to take the positives from that because Wolves have got themselves in a great position by creating a squad that as I wrote earlier this week is representing the fan base working hard fighting till the end and giving fans something to be proud of it's going very well at the moment they've got to try and keep this up but the best way of keeping it up is by having players that are willing to come off the bench and take the opportunities there's a few examples there, and I'd like to think there's a couple of others that might, you know, have opportunities in the in the coming weeks as well, especially with the amount of games coming up in December that are going to have their opportunities. And if they if they take it as well, Wolves' squad will be in one hell of a, a brilliant position going into January. The proudest uh, he's ever been managing a group of players, said Gary O'Neill, which was the standout line I think coming from his his press conference and something he said very early on. Um, he, he also. Uh, I asked him about um, him losing it because he, he did a little bit. I mean, maybe not to the extent of Nuno where he's on the pitch, but he said that he didn't want to get any fines. So he was up and down the touchline, uh, a bit Mourinho-esque, I guess, at Old Trafford all those years ago. So um, fans singing his name, Liam, there's a huge turnaround. And we go back to the, and we've done it a couple of times, but going back to that that defeat, it switched. But how he's turned things around at this football club and, and results like that make a massive difference. But... You know, I said there's plenty of people eating humble pie and I think it's great because the fans are coming out saying, yeah, I am, and, and I love it, and it, it's great. And, you know, this wasn't ever a knock on Gary O'Neill to a certain extent. Well, maybe it was because of, you know, maybe the lack of experience, but not as a person, as an individual. And you're seeing someone who is, who is turning around a fan base. That's very, very difficult to do when you've got... You know, the majority of people maybe I would say against you or, or frustrated, and it, it was an amalgamation of all these things that happened over the summer, and you're getting the brunt of it, and results aren't happening. We know it's a results business, but you want time. You said, I need time, I need time, I need time. He still hasn't had a lot of time, but to change that opinion, change that public opinion, overwhelmingly, really, to where we are at this moment in time. Yes, look, it's a fickle game we live in and they could lose five or six or seven games you know, in, in, in December or January and we're back to kind of being frustrated and grumbling. But the way that he's done it in such a short space of time going into this third international break in three months is nothing short of miraculous. No, I agree. And I think it's because there's two factors that sort of come together. There's been moments, and I think the Ipswich game is a, is a big one, a, a good example of this, where... 
the players have let Gary O'Neill down and Gary O'Neill I think has deserved more from from the performance and then equally there's been moments when earlier in the season I think Luton is a great example of this where I found Gary O'Neill got it wrong tactically but then he, to his credit he did change it quickly and I think Wolves were much better after that the two things have come together now where I think Gary O'Neill tactically has been spot on probably 90-95% of the time in the last five, six, seven weeks. And then the players, again, probably 90-95% of the time, albeit, yeah, Sheffield United performance was dominant but not great in the first half and then not very good at all second half. That aside, probably 90-95% of the time, the performance from the players has been very, very good as well. When you get those two things together where you're getting consistency across the board. And that means tactically, that means in defence. I've spoken about Max Kilman recently. I made a point about speaking about him because I think he's been very quietly excellent for Wolves over the last few weeks. You're getting players like that within a squad who have been consistently, and almost consistently under the radar as well, very good. That is going to create a good team. And there's no, it shouldn't be a surprise that Wolves are getting some of the results and, and some of the runs that they're going on at the moment. And, you know, if a couple of things have gone differently with VAR decisions and, and maybe taking a couple of chances here and there, who know who knows where Wolves might be. But it, it's credit to, to both sets. I think you have to give Gary Neal and the players credit because both of them have turned it around. And I think that comes naturally with getting to know the people around you and getting to know how they work and, and eventually getting there. Um, but this is a group of players that, and I think you said this on, on Saturday or Sunday in a, in a tweet as well, this is a group of players that, Julian Lopetegui, you didn't think were good enough to um, to challenge in the Premier League whatsoever, and I think they're proving quite a few play- quite a few people wrong, including him. Absolutely, um, a couple of players I want to talk about. And by the way, sorry if there's if the line keeps dropping out a little bit. Uh, hopefully it's not, uh, but it is in mine a, a, a tiny bit. And uh, my Wi-Fi is not great here. I'm in Hull today, uh, dropping off the the Pomeranians um, for um, to my mum. So uh, it's not not a great situation. I've already sent the gutter men as well away as well, so they're not happy. But I can't have noise going on in this podcast. So hopefully it's listening. Hopefully it's listening okay. But if it's not, apologies. Um, two players I want to talk about: uh, Zhao Gomez, who came into the side. Um, at the expense of Tommy Doyle and we all, we all know Lamina hit the headlines he had a brilliant absolutely sensational game um, as he continues to do and have a fantastic season uh, but I thought Zhao Gomez um, although didn't get the headlines didn't get the big news I thought he actually came in after having a little bit of time out the side and I think that Gary Neal said that he wasn't quite he had a bit of a dip in form and Zhao Gomez will probably be frustrated disappointed but probably understand that there are the people Bubakar Traore and, 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 and Doyle who have come in but he got his chance again and I thought he was very very good I'm going to use this as, as another example of the manager and the player working in harmony again and the reason I say that is that the player himself has got to come back and perform. So he deserves credit, first of all, because I absolutely agree that he was... He wasn't at, at any point terrible for Wolves, but he definitely was off it a little bit from maybe the standards we saw. He'd have the occasional good half, then a bad half, a, bad, a good game, a bad game. It, it wasn't consistent. It wasn't quite going to plan. Then you had Bukar Traore and Tommy Doyle come off the bench and doing really well. And I think it was probably about time to give one of them a chance. And um, the timings, albeit their starts maybe weren't as good the timings for giving them an opportunity I think were, were right from Gary O'Neill and then Jao Gomez comes back in and is absolutely superb I completely agree I mean, we were talking about it during the game and particularly during that first half I mean every time he he made a, a tackle I mean we were we were just loving every single moment of it Just I, I watched him on his own for almost 10-15 minutes in that first half and I just he covered every blade of grass he, he harassed the Spurs midfielders I thought he was brilliant. So, 
that he deserves credit for that. Like he came back and, and took his opportunity back in the side. But again, Gary O'Neill's point, um, you know, credit is, is deserved as well in that he's, the timing of taking him out and bringing the others in was perfect. But his man management of being able to take that player out and say, right, look, it's not quite going to plan. Take a moment. We'll bring you on when we need you in certain games and you'll get a chance to come back in. I think he's dealt with the situation perfectly. Now, obviously, I don't know specifically what he said to him behind the scenes, but having you know, gotten to know what Gary Neal was like a little bit and spoken to some of the players about what he's like, I'm pretty certain he'd have sat him down and had a conversation and been very open about it and probably quite detailed in his approach. And I, I could only give credit for that because you have a player respond to that in the perfect way and come back and perform like Jal Gomez did in that game. All game, but probably first half in particular, um, when you have that alongside, as we've already mentioned, players coming off the bench and taking their chances, that's where you're going to start breeding this confidence and, and, and competition. I think the players are starting to realise now that, look, there is more here than we were probably given credit for in the summer. Um, are they going to turn all of a sudden into a Champions League side? No. But they're a very good Premier League team that are going to cause other teams lots of problems this season. Um, very well said, Mr. Liam Keane. The other person I want to talk about, uh, slightly disappointing, not, not on the day, I thought he was very good on the day, but uh, Craig Dawson picked up his, his fifth booking and will miss the game against Fulham. Uh, he won't be the only one to miss a game against Fulham, but we'll come on to that a little bit later on, Liam Keane. Um, a big blow because I think these three at the back, these three centre-backs have done a sterling job. Uh, Totty moving across to left when he needs to, but these three centre-backs have been have done a sterling job. Um Santiago Bueno not in the squad and um, you'll probably be able to, to say why in a little bit, Liam, but what do they do here? Uh, we'll preview the game against Fulham a bit later on, but I think it's an important discussion because he is so integral into this side. Um, w- will Gary O'Neill be tempted to change the formation that served him so well and go to a back four with, with Totti and Max Kilman? Um, and Or do you think that Santiago Bueno, if he's available will be the man to come in and they'll keep that same shape. Yeah, it's it's a tough one to, to call. And, and and firstly, on Dawson, really, it's obviously a massive blow for Wolves because he's been incredibly consistent and is a real leader for Wolves. And, you know, alongside Kilner, as I've already mentioned, him and Totti, the, all three of them, really, um, are just very reliable, dependable. Uh, that They're the sort of key words that, that spring to mind when I think of all three of them. So... It's a massive blow to lose him. You, you lose an experience, leadership, um, and just overall defensive quality. Um, and, and you know, you're hearing some of the Wolf staff talking about him as a player, and it's just someone you, you, you know what to expect from him every day. And yes, there might be moments in games or games where it doesn't quite go to plan, but they are few and far between, and particularly in current form. So, yeah, a massive blow to lose him. Um, with Santi Bueno, he has got a a small knock is how it's been sort of described to me. Um, he didn't. He hasn't gone away with Uruguay, so he's stayed around here and, and, and he'll be getting a bit of treatment and, and getting ready. I don't quite know how far away he is, so it's going to be, a, a, at the very least, up until uh, closer to the game with Fulham, it's going to be at least a question mark with him whether he's going to be available or not. But he was obviously not on the bench for uh, for the Spurs game. He was in attendance because I went down to the to the mix zone and saw him there, but he, he wasn't obviously on the, um, on the squad list. So... Slightly concerning because you don't have a natural centre-back to come in and replace Dawson. My guess, and I I use the word guess quite wisely because uh, we've often been wrong. (laughs) My guess (laughs) is I think he stays with a five. Oh. I think he moves Kilman centrally. And I think he brings Matt Doherty into 
right centre half. Which, by the way, I'm not massively keen on, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. Keen on. But I, that's what I think he does. We okay. look at the, you know, look at the uh, the cup games, uh, or, or at least the Blackpool one at the very least, where Doc sort of played a similar position. Yeah, I, I, I can just see that happening. Doc's also experienced someone who, yes, I would prefer him playing wing back and going being further forward. But I think he's someone who can maybe be a bit more intelligent in the way that he plays the game and drop into that, even if it's just for a one-off. So that's probably obviously this is if Bueno is not available, but I, that's. That's what I would guess would happen, but I'm not. I'm not massively keen on it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, sorry, I, I wasn't listening properly uh, when you were talking there. So um, apologies. I'm repeating myself. Do you think that Bueno will be available or not? Or is it difficult to say? It's difficult to say because I don't know quite the nature of the injury or the or the or the term. I've, I've just been described to me as sort of a small knock. So um, it has to be at least a question mark. Has to be at least a question mark going into the game, and then obviously we'll find out a bit more closer to uh, closer to the game, and hopefully there might be some pictures of him maybe in training or something like that. But we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll find out a bit more closer to, to when the game is. I've got four windows open here to try and get Taylor Swift tickets, and I've just been kicked out of two of them. Mother effer! Oh, so annoying. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're committed to listening to me and the body and not going for that loser. You've got to get pardon that what? loser. Did I say what? Loud? I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind being a loser when, when you're worth that amount of money. How much do you reckon Taylor Swift's worth, by the way? Oh mate, bloody hell! Let's it's got to be like Taylor Swift net worth. Go on. I mean, the net worths are never correct when you Google them, but I'm no, but they're net. always interesting. I mean, I've Googled Liam Keane's net worth, and I mean, crikey, it just showed, <laughs> just showed a drunken guy, Phil Mitchell, on the street in the corner. You're a nasty with fella. A bottle of vodka. Uh, <laughs> I would say a net worth is. Uh, it's close. It's not bad. Three hundred mil. Than you. Higher. Oh, I was going to say 500, but I dropped it lower. Higher. Bloody hell. 700. Higher. One bill. 1.1 bill. Oh, my word. Not worth... It's not bad, Loser. It? Not bad for a loser. Not bad for a loser. Uh, right. You're a nasty guy, man. Oh, you're the one who said it. You're the one who said it. Yeah, I didn't Frankie. mean it. I just like to oh. wind you up. You, you didn't even listen to me when I was talking about Dawson and Bueno. I was, I was trying to see if I can get diamond package tickets, lad. What am I supposed to do? It's supposed to be a surprise for Christmas. Look at that. I'll give you a diamond package, lad. Right, PGMOL boss Howard <laughs> Webb urges VAR to change after Wolves v Newcastle penalty howler. Are we going to get some change? Is Huang Hee Chan's ghost penalty going to change the way that VAR continue throughout this season and going into next? And, and could it be down to, to Gary O'Neill's conversation, a long conversation that he had with him um, as, he, as he let us know on Friday, Liam? Oh, I bloody hope so. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll as, change it for everybody else, so everybody else will get the right decision, and Wolves are still getting. Uh, as people have very rightly pointed out, um, mm. since this stuff came out last night with with Howard Webb, is that literally a week later Wolves got that penalty decision at Sheffield United. So you know it hasn't lasted particularly long. Obviously, this is Howard Webb talking after all of those games have happened. But I completely understand you know supporters' points when they when they when they pick. Howard Webb, Howard Webb up on that. I mean, it's it's just silly, isn't it? Um, listening to the um, VAR audio, it was Jared Gillett, who is the VAR official for that Wolves-Newcastle game. Obviously, Anthony Taylor on the pitch gives the penalty. We know how long the check War- was. War a combo, by the way. <laughs> War a combo. I know, yeah. Real, real, good, real good fellas. Um, the... <laughs> well, I mean, personally, they might be lovely. I don't know, I've never met them. No, but, uh, no, no. Don't just um, stop and live with them too. <laughs> Christ. Um, 
<laughs> I lost my train of thought. Sorry, where was sorry. I? Where was I? Um, yeah, so yeah, there was a long VR check. Obviously, in the stadium, we were. I mean, I mean, it, I don't know if it's just because we were in the ground, but it felt like ages, like mm. five minutes. It was a long time, wasn't it? So they show the the um, the clips and all the replays they watch, and we hear the audio of, um, of Jared Gillett and the assistant VR and everyone chatting and talking it through and talking to the ref and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's just really quite strange because basically. Um, they watch a load of replays. They watch it from probably four, five, six different angles. Um, and then Jared Gillett eventually comes to the decision that Huang's right leg coming through as the ball gets taken off his foot. The right leg comes through and catches Shah and he agrees with the on-field decision. And then the assistant, the assistant VR, by the way, uh, I forget his surname, it's Steve someone, very not important, um, instantly goes, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Mm. <laughs> no, he doesn't, doesn't even think about it for a split second. I mean, it's actually incredible. Um, and then, obviously, Anthony Taylor, who I don't blame for the re- for the penalty, by the way, because VAR should be correcting him. Um, in real time, I can understand why he gives it. Uh, he obviously then doesn't overturn it because VAR's told him not to. So Howard Webb's, um, obviously, the independent panel said five out of five on-field decision was wrong. Four out of five, I want to know who that one person, by the way, was that agreed with VAR. Um, four out of five said VAR should have overturned it, and obviously they didn't. So it was almost unanimous that Wolves were completely in the wrong, uh, or done over here, or at least unanimous on-field decision. And um, Howard Webb is, is looked at the situation, looked at the reasoning given, obviously the clear and obvious uh, mandate that they have. Um, and they've come to the, decision, the the agreement that it was the wrong decision, thank God, and said that in future, what they want VAR to do is to speak to the referee more during that decision-making process, ask them what the referee has seen. So obviously the referee gives something he's seen in real time. They ask them to repeat verbally what they've seen. If that doesn't match up with what the VAR are seeing from the replays or what the VR's opinion is, they will then instruct the referee to go look at the monitor. My question, mm. having heard all that, is why the hell have they not been doing that from day one? Insane. That, that, Insane. It, it, surely it's common sense to speak to the referee, and even if it takes 30 seconds longer, a minute longer, two minutes longer, but you get the right decision, yes, it's a bit annoying, but we'll forgive it. We'll let it go. But why are you not having a conversation with the referee and saying, what have you given here? What have you seen? Because what VR is essentially doing, whoever it is that's in the hot seat, is they're assuming why the referee has given the penalty based on what they're seeing. And then they're less likely to overturn it because it's, in a way, almost human nature to convince yourself that what the referee has seen is correct because you're assuming you're seeing what they're seeing. But no, you have to ask them what they're seeing. If they and what what Anthony Taylor would have said, I imagine, based on him giving the penalty, is Huang, uh, the ball got taken off his foot, or he missed the ball, or whatever he's going to say, and Huang's leg, right leg, comes through and catches Shah. What actually happens, and what Howard Webb admits happens, is that Shah initiates the contact as his foot comes in. Huang actually pulls out of it, and he initiates the contact, and then on his way down and goes to the floor. So how VR haven't asked Anthony Taylor that that question, he then says that, VR can look at it and go, oh, actually, I'm not sure that's quite right. Maybe he needs to look at it. And then a decision's made. And look, if, if the referee looks at, if Anthony Taylor goes and looks at the monitor and stands by his decision, it's Anthony Taylor's fault. But as it stands, it's VR's fault because they've assumed what they're seeing is correct and just, and just given the decision. It's very, it's very silly. 
Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm. I'm not going to uh, get my hopes up, Liam. To be honest, because if it's on trend, then they'll find a way of, of ballsing it up. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But you know, you never know. Um. Right. Premier League table, Bebe, twelfth. Wolverhampton Wanderers, twelfth. Um. Looking good going into the international break. But where are they in the Glob Mini League? Where are they in the Glob? The Glob. The Glob. The Glob. The Glob. Um, I'll tell you where they are, Liam. Um, very close to being at the top. Brentford, top of the Glob Mini League. Um, um, first place um, with 16 points uh, from 12 games. Everybody's played 12 games now. So 16 points, Brentford first. Wolves, remember they want to be at the top and not in the middle or the bottom. They are second. Joint second with Crystal Palace. That's the highest they've been in the Glob all season. So Wolves second, joint with Palace. Everton fourth with 14 points, Forest fifth with 13, Fulham sixth with 12, Bournemouth seventh with nine, and Burnley eighth, bottom of the table with four. Remember, we don't include Luton or Sheffield United because they are down. But just looking at the table as a whole, and looking at where Wolves are at this moment in time, Liam, uh, 15 points from 12 games with a very difficult schedule that's starting to get a little bit easy when we look on, onto, um, on the horizon, but... You know, Luton, Sheffield United, Burnley, the three promoted sides, adrift, really, at the bottom of the table straight away. You know, we said this at the start of the season, this is why we kind of formed this glob mini-league where a lot of the teams are, are kind of similar to a certain extent. It's going to take a little bit of grit, a bit of determination, a bit of quality to get towards the top and avoid that kind of relegation battle. How are you feeling now? It's kind of on trend as what we thought, to be honest, and why we made this in the first place. I mean, I think that... It, it could not look better. And if you double these amount of games and you double the amount of points that teams are going to be taking, Wolves could be 18 points clear with, with you know, at least 15 games left, 14, 15 games left of the bottom three if it continues to be this way. And I can't see the likes of Burnley, Sheffield United and Luton, you know, get stringing wins together at this stage. Just sit back and relax. I mean, no, you know, nothing to worry get your about, cigar man. out, baby. Absolutely. Let's, go, let's get into a sauna. Let's get into a bit of jacuzzi. All right, calm down. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Gary Neal said, you know, after this game recently that you know, we're probably slightly further ahead of where I thought we'd be as well. But everything's come together very nicely. Wolves, obviously, they picked up wins against City and Spurs, which I think a lot of people wouldn't have expected. Um, but then they lost to Sheffield United. You know, things... You know, things even up. I think Wolves are in a, are in a good spot. They're p- probably slightly ahead of where I'd have put them. I think probably you as well. Could we <clears> said 13th, 14th, maybe for the season. Look, who knows? Maybe they'll go on further than that. Uh, do I think Wolves are going to go on and really pull up a load of trees this season? Probably not. And that's not be, me being negative. I'm just trying to be realistic of, of where the club's at. But that's that's a even if they don't, they finish 12th. I think that's a major success for this season, con- con- considering what Gary O'Neill walked into and the time he walked into it. So they're in they're in a really good a really good spot right now. And to be honest, if you said to me tomorrow we can just agree now, end of the season, Wolves finish twelfth, I'll just take it. Because I think it's a, I I know people will get carried away and think we can you know we can make Europe, it can happen. Yes, of course you can. It's possible. I don't think Wolves are gonna do that. I think you have to be realistic the Wolves are going to have a transition season. But if it's a transition season where they're under no pressure, Gary Neal gets a lot of time with his players and gets time to create what he's trying to create and forge this kind of squad, mm. then I think that's a success specifically based on what he walked into. It's, it's, it's a major success, actually. It's, 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 a, it's a big job. I, I agree. I think it's a major success. Look, one point from top 10 um, is it, fabulous, really. And, you know, we said the barbecue. Wolves get into Europe. 
you never know. Three points away. Three points away from European football. Um, I mean, I would barbecue. absolutely love it, by the way, but I, I just, I don't know, I can't <laughs> see The it. barbecue is open. Look, I mean, you know, teams above them. Brentford? <laughs> Meh. Um, yeah, decent enough, and Tony's coming back, but don't think it's inconceivable. West Ham? You, you don't know. I mean, I think they've got some good players, but maybe with European football, they might get distracted. We'll have to see, you know. Look at Newcastle. I mean, I think Newcastle will be fine, but losing at losing at Bournemouth two nil, um, Brighton losing at home as well. So, oh, sorry, drawing against Sheffield United. Um, you know, there's a couple of teams that I think now are having to balance European football, and it's not easy. You know, you get the big teams who who do it on a week to week basis. They know how to do it every single year. They have massive squads. They have a lot of quality. But you know, when you start getting injuries, as some of these teams are finding, and you're going into a little bit more deeper of your squad, you're going into your 16, your 18, your 20. And you're having to play on a Thursday and a Sunday or Wednesday and a Saturday, it's very difficult and it's only going to get worse for these teams. So, you know, what I would say is Wolves not playing in Europe. Yes, they're probably underneath that and they're going to be outsiders. But at the same time, you know, when you're not playing each week, I think that's what happened with Spurs as well. I think they're benefiting from no European football. Yes, they've lost the last two games, but at the same time, they were undefeated going into that that week prior um, and top of the table. I think um, I think can only help Wolves. So, I'm not saying it's 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 impossible, but uh, but you never know. And look, could be um, anyone wants to see me with the tongs and the um, the old apron uh, at the end of the season, serving up some sausages to some hungry listeners, <laughs> celebrating a beat through away in the European Conference League, Europa Conference League. It'll be um, be a decent, it'll be a sight for sore eyes, Liam. Well, shall we spice up the bet a little bit? Oh. I mean, I thought we spiced it more, but let's spice it. Let's, spice let's continue to spice. I'm not going in the buff. I'm not serving the buff. <laughs> Mate, I don't I'm not going naked show. Come on. So if there's, um, there's some prime if, rump that'll be if, on show and it won't if, be the steaks, lad. If, if, if wolves get Europe, yeah, and you're hosting your barbecue, I am. I. Oh, ho, 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 here we go. Come on, Kino. I'll come along and have a beer with you. Oh, you douchebag. <laughs> you douchebag. That was out of order, wasn't it? But you know what? Uh, if I can think of something that I'm happy to do, I might I might I might in future podcasts if, if we'll start creeping a little bit closer and it yeah. becomes a it becomes a realistic talking point. You'll back away from anything committed. No, 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 no. I might I might I might give you a little something, but maybe well, it's let's, a discussion. Let, to let, have. let the listeners tweet in and give give what they think that you should be doing at the at the bar. Go for it. Bring it on. Bring it playing? on. Give me some suggestions. I mean Obviously, my bank balance will get a hit into the into the multiple thousands. But honestly, if, if Wolves got European football, I don't really care. It'd be unbelievable. Can you imagine that party? Oh, mate, it'd be unbelievable. And especially because from a purely savage point of view, I get to go and cover Wolves in games abroad. So I can't complain. Oh, <laughs> That's I mean, that would be dangerous. That would be dangerous, to be fair. Again, oh, I'd be through away a few... I'll go on then. Another tequila? I'll go on then. Oh, go go on then. Go on then. Um, Right, new section. Uh, I haven't told uh, (laughs) Liam about this section, this new segment. Um, And I say it's new because it's old, because I brought it back from the past. And it's called Believe It or Not. Believe It or Not. Um, Liam, I'm going to ask you some statements, and you're going to say whether you believe it or you don't believe it, and then we can discuss slightly, and I'm talking about a minute or a minute or two, not nothing more than that, uh, why why you believe it or you don't believe it. So I'll give you gotcha. a statement, and then you say, believe it or don't believe it. Ready? Ready. Okay. From this point, Fabio Silva will score less than five Premier League goals for Wolves in his career. Oh. Believe it or not. 
Not. I'll say it again. You believe? You don't believe it? Not. Okay, go on then. Give me your reasoning. It'll be six. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Obviously, not not getting a look in at the moment. No, really. no. I, I I still think there's a player there. I still think there's a player there. Um, and I do think, as I said in the video we did after the Friday's press conference, I think he's going to get a chance. It's just up to him now on how he on how he takes it and whether he takes it. So. And also, you have to remember how young he is. He's on a long contract. There's no guarantee that he goes in January or goes in the summer or goes mm-hmm. whenever. He might be at Wolves next season. You know, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, thing, a lot of things that can happen and change. So, I'm gonna, for, for the time being, I'm going to say not. I mean, five Premier League goals. You're saying he's going to score more than five Premier League goals. So, six Premier League goals. That means that he's really going to have to have a look in this season, score a couple, two or three this season, aren't you? Because uh, if he doesn't, you've got to think that his time's probably going to be even though, let's say he scores one Premier League goal this season or zero, that his time might be, might be, you know, very short at Wolves going forward. So you're you're backing him to stay at Wolves and go into this season and next season. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think for the for the time being, up until I'm told otherwise. Okay, <laughs> uh, believe it, believe it or not, Mario Lamina will beat Pedro Neto and be crowned Wolves Player of the Season. Believe Ooh. it or not. Again, it's it's actually a close one. But I'm going to say not again. I okay. think I think the way Neto started the season has been so good that it's difficult for him not to be the number one person in that position right now. And I think he'll come back from his injury and be and be the same player. That's okay. that's the hope. Okay. Believe it or not, Liam, Pedro Neto will not be in old gold and black. Come the first game of the 2024-2025 season? Well, if what I've just said in the previous answer happens, unfortunately, this one I'm going to have to believe. Okay. I think if he keeps up his form, he comes back from injury and, and is the same player, and he keeps this kind of form up for the vast majority of the season, I think there's going to be a plethora of clubs that are going to be interested. And if anyone makes an offer big enough for Wolves to consider, Wolves will consider. That's just the reality of where the club's at, so... Yeah, I, I think that's more likely than not at the moment. Okay, believe it or not, rest of season, Matt Doherty will play more Premier League, will make more Premier League starts than Nelson Semedo. Rest of season. Rest of the season, mate. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, mean, I, I probably would have played him. I'd have brought him on a bit earlier the other day, or maybe would have played him a few other games. But I think Semedo has been pretty consistent. Yes, he was frustrating in the final third. Uh, well, actually, obviously, he had the, the, the chance of Sheffield United as well, didn't he? But for straight against Spurs in, in the final third with his passing. But he's actually been pretty decent under under O'Neill, fairly consistent. And I think O'Neill's a fan of him, so I, I, I think Samada keeps his spot, to be honest. Believe it or not, Nathan Judah will be uh, serving uh, lamb, uh, hog roasts, uh, lamb burgers, chicken, uh, chicken, barbecue chicken with beer glazed all over it. And you will be drinking Judah's Judah's alcoholic supplies in the summer. I really, really want to believe it, and I really hope it's true. I'm going to say believe it not. Ah, oh, I mean, don't but I might change my mind, and I hope, and I hope it does happen. But I, I can't see it at the moment. I'm afraid that was believe it or not. Believe it or not, uh, the return of believe it or not. Did you enjoy it or not? I believe I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you enjoy something as well um, and you haven't watched it yet, make sure you've watched the LA Wolves documentary. Liam, 
Get a little bit of a plug, please, because this is a superb piece um, of film. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen with the the, the Kalajic one and some of the other projects that, that Wolves have uh, have been involved in um, that they're actually pretty damn good at these kind of these kind of things. <laughs> um, which is uh, it's definitely different and unusual for a football club. And I know it's not the direct sort of football department, obviously, but it's you know it's coming from Wolf Studios and and um, and yeah, it was another an, another you know really brilliant documentary that can be viewed on on the YouTube now and, and it was all over I think TNT Sports had it on and a few other places so yeah I would I would recommend getting on YouTube and uh, and then definitely giving it a watch it's uh, for anyone interested in Wolf's great history and a little bit of a an abstract different side of their history over in uh, in LA then it's definitely worth a watch um Liam I was trying to think what was your prediction of your score against Spurs I said Desmond you did, you were very close. Unfortunately, you didn't win the Kettle and Toast Surprise. What was my prediction? Oh, I, I don't know. What was your prediction? I'm not sure. Was it Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Spurs 1? Mm. We haven't we haven't discussed it, but... Mm, it might have been, I'm not sure. Oh, come on. Come on, uh, Kino. Fine, I think, based on that... you got you got 14,000 people listening to this now, and they listened to it last week, so you can't really lie. I think based on on that, you deserve for the Fulham prediction to be your your prize. Your your um, the prize on your prediction. You know what I mean? Two out of two, really, for me. Two two, and then um, Desmond. Yeah, only went with me a couple of <laughs> couple of weeks ago, and then we went with you, and then you messed up Sheffield United, and we went with me Spurs. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, um, how would you like to win? I mean, it's getting a little bit nippy now. I'm, I must admit, I went outside the other day and it's thinking it's taking a turn. It's November, I get it, but it, you need a little bit of heat, a little bit of heat in the room. But you don't really want to have to have, you know, full-on uh, underfloor heating. Well, I mean, we do it in Shade Judah, but, you know, you, you maybe want to have to save a little bit of energy because there's, a, there's an energy crisis at this moment in time and the bills are still high. Uh, so how would you like, Kino, a little tiny, and I mean, this fits into the palm of your hand, a Beldre handy plug-in heater, literally, it's a tiny little heater, mini heater. You plug it in into the socket. I mean, it's so small. You turn on, you've got a warm room, a toasty room in, in less than 14 minutes. I mean, that sounds absolutely perfect because it is getting very cold. V cold. V cold in um, V cold in the old uh, sister's bedroom. <laughs> Basement. Basement. <laughs> oh, goodness me. You can't wait. When have you got a moving out date yet, by the way? Not yet, but everything's moving along fairly nicely at the moment. So love it. It, it's ambitious. That it might be before Christmas, but we're we're pushing. So we're hoping. I love it. I love I'll it. Well, how updated. would you like one of these? Um, not fifty pounds, not forty pounds, not thirty, but twenty-five pounds. A Beldre handy plug-in heater. Make sure you go to kellentoastman.co.uk. And there's a variety of incredible heating products here, by the way, um, all shapes and all sizes. But this, I like it. It fits in your hand. You can take it with you. You can take it abroad. You can take it on home. Uh, don't take it abroad, actually. But you know, just keep it from moving. <laughs> if you're moving, if you're moving houses, kiddo. If you're staying, if you're going from um, rented accommodation to your sister's house, and then and then to your your brand new beautiful house that you own outright, you can take it with you. You can put it in the backpack, and it's ready to go. And you've got a hot, toasty room. Twenty-five pounds, handy plug-in. Heat, so we'll be giving that away for the winner of the Fulham game in a jiffy. Right, questiones from the beautiful people. Oh, where are we? 58 minutes into the podcast. Okay, uh, let me find them. Buy me some time, please, Kino. Talk about something randomly because I've got it queued up as normal. Oh, I might be in Taylor Swift soon. Come on, come on. Not long left. You might, you might be doing what soon? 
In, oh, that's not great. <laughs> you're terrible. In, into, you're horrendous. How would it descend into this? Right, okay. Um, first one, an important question, David Evans. Uh, how do you stack your dishwasher? I mean, badly for me. I never get the hang of it, to be honest. Are you not great at dishwashing? Uh, no, I'm all right, to be honest. I, I'm quite, uh, as you know, having been on pre-season with me, I'm quite mm. a, an OCD clean freak, so mm. I'm not too bad at it. I mean, my sister's hit the jackpot, to be honest, because um, having allowed me to stay at her place, she's basically <laughs> got a free cleaner. It's true. So, yeah, if she's, if she's listening to this, which she might be, actually, because occasionally she does, um, Claire... Wow, does she? She does. You must be bored. She, she does, I know. She hasn't got much going on. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Claire... You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, how that. much are you paying a rent? <laughs> to be fair, we are giving him a little bit. We, oh, okay. Um, we, <laughs> we, we discounted. We, yeah, definitely discounted. We, 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 we weren't originally giving her anything, and then she sort of uh, twisted her arm. <laughs> yeah, because you're eating it out of I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I know she's going to fight. That one she definitely will be slightly upset with. That was a joke. Uh, Claire, I'm sorry. Fuming. It was a joke. Fuming. I, I'll send you that, that £1,000 later. I struggle. I struggle with uh, top, top fine. You know, your cutlery is a bit boring when you've got to rack them up. Mugs, okay. Turn them over, turn them upside down, fine. But it's the bottom one. You, you got a couple of pans. I can't be bothered to, to wash the pans separately. I want to stick it all in there, but they never fit. So I'm always pushing them around to try and get them in and shove it all in. And it's yeah, it's not great. The bottom shaft's definitely the struggle. It's the worst one, isn't 100%, it? Because you've, you've got, got a big tall pots cup, as well. if you've got tall, tall glass, the ones that can't fit in the middle, so you've got to get them at the bottom, and then you've got an array of different plates, and then you've got to fit in a couple of frying pans, and then if you have a wok, oh my god, <laughs> a wok, crazy. A wok. Uh, Wolfpack says uh, only a number of weeks until Cincinnati play their last game of the season. Do you think Yerson Mosquera will join it with Wolves for the rest of the season or get loaned back out until the summer? A lot of people asking this question. Yerson Mosquera done very, very well at FC Cincinnati. Yes, I mean, it comes down to really what Gary O'Neill thinks. If Gary O'Neill takes a look at him, likes him, wants him to be around the squad. And bearing in mind, if they are going to play three centre-backs, they've only got four, they might need a fifth option. So it's obviously possible. If he sees him and likes him, he, he will probably stay with Wolves. Um, he, there's a good chance he'll, you know, because he'll get a bit of time off after finishing the season with, with Cincinnati. He'll have sort of an off-season period. So I'd imagine maybe sort of January time, he'll be around Wolves. Uh, he might have a week or two training with them, obviously to give Gary an opportunity to look at him, etc., my instinct right now tells me that he probably goes on loan again. But I don't think it's impossible that he stays and it really comes down to what the manager thinks. If the manager mm. thinks he's an opportunity, it's an opportunity to bring him in and, and give him a, a chance, then then he'll stay. But I, my instinct is he might get a loan, maybe at a more competitive league. Okay. Uh, Vicky Lawton says, who would you realistically like to see Wolf sign in the striking department with the view that Fabio will probably move out on loan? I was going to suggest Dominic Solanke, she says, with Gary O'Neill connections and current form, but is contracted to 2027, so I think the price would be too high now. It definitely would be, Vicky. Uh, Wolves would have to spend uh, a massive chunk of money to get Dominic Solanke. I don't think that's a, a viable option, but uh, you might tell me otherwise, Liam. But anyone else who you think that would fit into the Wolves' mould? Well, to be honest, it, it's funny that she mentioned Slanky in the in the question because aside from you guys being totally right about the money, I think would be probably out of Wolves' budget in, in January. Aside from that, he probably would be a pretty good fit. The the style of striker he is, he is an out and out nine. I think he's good at holding the ball, good at getting in behind, good at linking play. Um, he's, his goal record actually decent. He's actually, I think he's 
overcome a bit of you know adversity at, at Bournemouth and done okay. So I, I think he'd actually be a decent. Obviously, O'Neill knows him. I think he'd be a decent signing. Um, yeah, don't think it's probably realistic. Obviously, Che Adams is someone that they they massively like and, and, and went for. I think that would be a possibility again, but it depends financially what they can do. So it, it's tough to give any other names really because. I'm trying to find out <laughs> who else who else they're after. So, uh, yeah, one one to watch. I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be plenty more to come. Just looking up now. Um, I'm not, don't want, I'm not bothered about Che Adams, Keno. I mean, I really, he, I'm not massively inspired by it to be honest. I mean, he scored three in his first four this season. He hasn't scored since 19th of August. Why would you want him in the Championship? Why do you want him in the Premier League? I'm sorry. I'd rather give Nathan Fraser a chance, way more than I'd want um, Che Adams at the football club. Ooh. Not interested. It's gonna be awkward when he comes now, and then you're gonna to have to say it. To <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like he hasn't scored in the championship since September. No, since it's August, true. Sorry, it's true. Like, I, it's I, not... I don't think he's been. I might be wrong, but I don't think he's been starring regularly for them either. Um, so why would you want him so... to come to this football club? No, and, no, and... it's a fair point. It's a, it's a fair point. Um, I mean, Fraser's obviously been uh, injured recently, but if he if he gets back soon, maybe he'll get a chance. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, he's coming. He's coming off the bench recently as well. Yeah, like you say. So, I, I think that shit might have sailed. And if it hasn't, then oh, could be interesting. Couple of uh, uh, couple of interviews for me. We'll see. Um, Cape Cod Wolves uh, plus or minus. How long J- June Lopetegui will stay at Al Ittihad? I don't believe he's signed yet, but I think he's in in discussions, isn't he, with um with Mr. Mendes to to replace. There, there was actually a bit of break in this morning that he's turned uh. down. I think. Oh, he turned them down. Yeah, I think he's turned them down again. I don't think he wants to go. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. So uh, forget that. But we'll say bonus questions. We'll go with the bonus question. He says, "Who returns to the Premier League first, Nuno or Lopetegui?" Quite like that. It's a good question. I think uh, I think Lopetegui because it seems that he's holding out specifically for a Premier League job, and he doesn't want to go anywhere else. So for West Ham, for West Ham, probably yeah. He's <laughs> so. holding out for West Ham. So yeah, I think I think it'll be him. And Nuno's clearly a very good manager and was excellent for Wolves. I I do question whether with him being a, you know spending a couple of years mm-hmm. over in Saudi Arabia is anyone going to in the Premier League take a a punt on him straight away? I'm not sure. Maybe if a you know if a a Bournemouth you know. Burnley sack the manager would they be interested I'm sure they would but would he want to go there I don't know so I'm not quite sure how it would work out with Nuno coming back I might be completely wrong but just how it how it sort of feels to me whereas Lopetegui's sort of deliberately holding out for a Premier League job Andrew Hadfield uh, have either of you had the recipe ha- have a recipe for a proper English sausage roll yes um, I'll give you the address of your nearest Greg's <laughs> if you just head down there you are sorted mate I've never I don't think I've I mean, I've had the ones, like I said, those incredible mini ones at Wolves, and also they're probably the best and most elite sausage rolls. And they're, they're again very small, but kind of like loads of sausage, and that's Leicester <laughs> City. So the <laughs> you're terrible, mate. You're a disgrace. You are scum um, of the earth. And Leicester Cities have got the best, but I don't think I've ever had a proper sausage roll like a long one before <laughs> ever. Can I, you know what? This could be a great video segment. I, I mean, haven't no, no one's going to watch it, but this is going to be a great video. But I genuinely can I, can I take you to Greg's? And I can I can introduce no. you to the menu. No, Mate, no. Greg's is brilliant. Greg's is a no. staple of the British diet. I, I like I say, I've been in Greg's 
about five times in my career and I've got the porridge before. So I've done a Greg's. I've done a Greg's shop. No, uh, no, mate. You, you know what you need right now? What? You need the festive bake. The what? That they, they bring out every November. No, I'm being deadly serious. It's called the festive bake. They bring it out every November for the festive season. Um, <laughs> is that because it's called the festive bake, is it? Festive well, yeah, season. There you go, spot on. What, what, what's, uh, what's it include? It's got, well, you know what? Rather mm. than me giving a botched yeah. version of what's in there, let me yeah. Google it and I will give you the specific. Because you forgot what's in it. No, 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 no. I can, t- I can, no, 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 I can tell you what's in, in it, but I thought if mm. I can. No, because I will read it in exactly how Greg's have phrased it and I'll do it almost like an MS advert. Right. Tell you what's in there saturated fat. And lots of it. Oh, well, actually, there's 14 grams of saturated fat in there. Yes. Wow. My God. Uh, Go on, then. We're trying to... Oh, it's 458 calories. I had one the oh, last week. Oh, my God. Talk about waistline excitement. Right. You ready for this? Four, four lines. Go on. Let's be honest. The countdown to Christmas doesn't really begin until you've had that first bite of a festive bake. <laughs> 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 this is a great segment. Like the ob- ob- obligatory <laughs> pair of socks in your stocking every year, or the office party that always gets out of hand. It just wouldn't be Christmas without it. M- made from a delicious crumb-topped pastry, f- filled with <laughs> filled with pieces of cooked chicken, sage and onion stuffing. Oh, I'm glad it's cooked. <laughs> Carry on. It, it says that, it does say that sage and onion stuffing and cooked sweet cure bacon. Oh, good. Covered, well. covered in a creamy sage and cranberry sauce. The Greg's Festive Bake, hands down the most Christmassy thing about Christmas. I mean, it sounds vile, I'll be honest. Absolutely <laughs> grim. Absolutely Mate. grim. So I, I told you this before. I used to work in Greg's when I was six, when I was 16 to 18. I was in sixth form. I used to work in Greg's. Crikey, I'd be dead if I was between 16 <laughs> I'll be honest 18. with you. It's lucky I, it's lucky I used to exercise because I was eating a lot of Greg's in those two years. I'll be honest with you. So, did you get to go away with the 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 stuff that wasn't sold at the end of the day? Well, I got fifty. I got fifty percent off. So first of all, that is excellent, and that is also is any at any you could like get got like a a card. So it's any Greg's in the country. The Greg's diamond off. card. The, the Greg's black card. Exactly. Mm. Now, officially, we weren't meant to take anything home at the Ooh, end of the shift. Here we go. For probably a year of my two years there, the managers didn't give. A single two hoot, hoops. and every single end of shift, oh. I was taking three, four carrier bags of stuff home, sandwiches, carrier bags, mate, carrier bags. My <laughs> my family were buzzing every every weekend. I'm taking back baguettes, sandwiches. I'm taking back flatbreads. I'm taking back cakes, donuts, oh, pasties, the whole God. lot, mate. And then and then um, uh, <laughs> regional management got involved. <laughs> And um, and because this. they caught they caught they caught like a an older member of staff taking some stuff out, and they brought every staff member in and said, "Have you ever have you ever taken anything free of charge?" And they, they had to sit us all down one by one. And I was like, "No, I would never do that." Oh, <laughs> I can see not. you doing that. No, well. I took five You're or six bags back every shift. And, uh, five or six I, I, bags I, every shift that I was taking home. I've never, I've never done that. I would never do that. You know, you know, we've got the code of conduct from Greg's, and I take that very seriously. But, da- but Darren, on the other hand, I saw the oh, other man. Tuesday. Man, I was like, I was like sixteen, seventeen. Was like, and, and by the way, I was being encouraged by my manager, who was like forty, just to take the stuff. And every other staff member was doing it. Of course, I was going to take it. Home. And then I was like, no, I would never do that. Of course not. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Um, anyway, as I was going to say, the Greg's, yeah. the, the, the festive bake. I would. I mean, I was excited for November. I would mm. smash 
crush those festive babes. Uh-huh, but you would. I'm going to bring you one one day. Yeah, and well, you're going to have it. No, you're going to have a bite, and then I'll eat the rest I'll, of it. I'll have a nibble. I'll have a nibble. It's top. It's top tier, mate. Top top. I tier. love. I love the fact that the questions this week that the most time we spent on it is uh, on the English sausage roll question. Yeah. Uh, Mars music apologize. show says, "Do the club?" There's quite a few people asking this, but do the club have any plans to pay Angers the remaining money for Ryan Nori? Uh, with interest in him from other clubs, would be foolish to sell before paying the rest of the fee. He says. I didn't think we were answering questions from Mars anymore. I don't. I don't see them. You see. Oh, sorry. Well, I said that you wanted to talk about Ryan Nori, and that's the first one that I saw. So, uh, sorry, someone else asked about it as well. I was going to answer their question. Did you block him? Did you block him? Yeah. Well, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't take rubbish from people who've got silly profile pictures. Oh, um, a little bit of beef. A little bit, little bit of blocking no beef. beef. There's no beef. There can't. No. I, I don't have beef with a microphone. It's not. It's, oh. it's, it's not possible. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Do you know? Blocked anyone recently? How many blocks this week? No, no, no. I don't. I don't do it very often. It's only. It's only occasionally. There's how many know, blocks in 2023? There's been slightly more this year than there has been yeah, other oh, years, yeah, and that's because of the summer. Because we, you know, get accused, getting accused of all sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the situation. The situation with uh, with Aint Nori is mm. Wolves haven't bought out his salon clause, so there's still a 50% salon clause that Angus hold. But Wolves are have the ability to buy it out at any time so from the club's point of view they're not sort of desperately rushing or urgently needing to do it I suspect if there's serious interest in Aint Norrie which you know, there's been some rumours about Liverpool this week I'm sure there'll be clubs that'll be looking at him but if there's serious interest in, in terms of a club making contact Wolves will probably consider it so yeah. they can they can make as much profit as possible but um yeah, it's not something they've done yet and they're not desperately having to rush to do it but um, yeah, it's, it's something they've got in their back pocket Helen Jones with a couple of questions. She says, uh, does anyone else find themselves wondering if Gary O'Neill could have been the coach who took a dammer to the next level? And also, does anyone find themselves thinking of Lamina as our captain and forgetting that it's Max Kilman? What's the first bit of that question again? Does anyone else find themselves wondering if Gary O'Neill could have been the coach who took a dammer to the next level? Traore, who was back on the bench for Fulham. Uh, and, and good for um, Raul Jimenez. He's not going to score his first goal against Wolves uh, for two years because he scored a consolation and killed my clean sheets for Aston Villa at the weekend. So well done, uh, um, Jimenez. But I was quite happy even though it was a 3 Yeah, three I'm pleased because it was 100% going to be against Wolves otherwise. So I'm yeah. pleased he scored in that game. I mean, he, yeah. he, he still might score the winner, but, <laughs> but <laughs> at least he scored in that game, his first yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know with the diamond. It's difficult, different with different players and... As much as I liked Adama, I would have kept him. Is he was he ever going to turn into that that player with that had you know the kind of numbers that you wanted from? Probably not. So I don't know exactly. The second one, um, I think we, we both had our opinions on on Kilman as captain. He's obviously not the most vocal or maybe natural leader, if we've been honest. But purely on performances, he's been absolutely brilliant recently. I think you have to. There's something to be said about leading by example. I can't really criticise him right now. I think it'd be very unfair for me to do so. So I've got, I can't say anything bad about Kilman um, at, at this moment in time. And I'm, I'm not, I only ever will when I think it's fair and fair criticism. And that goes for any player. Um, and, and Lamina is a more of a natural, sort of louder, bigger character, these kind of thing. And, you know, he's not the, the club captain, but he's, he's definitely part of the, you know, the leadership group. So they, they all have a big input. Jarnold says, do you think having different types of midfielders and more of them and being able to change them around to suit the game plan or in-game to adapt is making this Wolf side better and better to watch, whereas before we always had the safe two in the middle? I absolutely agree that, yeah, Wolves have got different options now. 
They haven't got different options with a whole load of experience, so there definitely is work to do, and, and maybe it just you need to give some of them a bit of time. Because look at Tommy Doyle, for example. He is the midfielder that is the best at you know in possession, controlling the ball, range of passing, these kind of things. He's a ball-playing midfielder. He's, he's the best in the Wolf squad at that. And he was brilliant off the bench in a few games, but then he did make a start at Sheffield United and wasn't particularly great, to be honest. So there, there's going to be a bit of development to this midfield department. A bit, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. But I do, I agree with the point that yes, they're having a bit more variety in terms of skills and, and what the, the players can offer. I think is definitely helping Wolves at the moment. And um, and then yeah, you look at Bill Cartrell off the bench and what he's been able to do recently. So yeah, no, I, I, th- I think it's a, it's a good point, but maybe there's more to come. It's probably where I'll uh, where I'll leave it. Uh, Max Wright says, um, to each of you, if you could travel back in time to watch any Wolves game or Middlesbrough for Nathan, um, what would it be? Uh, for the you first go, time. You go first. first, you go time. first. I'm trying to think. Uh, I would like to watch Cardiff because I never got to watch it. It was one of those games that I missed um, again. Uh, the uh, the final two goals, um, or the two penalty saves, sorry, the, the Ruddy situation. So I would like to see the end of that game. Uh, in terms of the games that I'd like to see again, from a Middlesbrough point of view, I've got to say a little bit of Middlesbrough point of view. Um, beat Leicester City, by the way, 1-0 on the charge. Might in, might get our, our Dream Wolves v Borough reunion next season. You never, ever know. Uh, the two semi-final and quarter-finals um, against Baal. You remember the uh, the Europa League, or it used to be the UEFA Cup, um, came back to win uh, 4-2 on those nights and 4-3 on aggregate after losing both of the first legs, Baal and, and Stour Bucharest, before they got to the Europa League final or UEFA Cup final where we uh, lost to Sevilla. It was the first time Sevilla started. That was the very start of Sevilla being an incredible European force, so um, got whooped in the final, but hey how. Um, those would be the, the two, but Cardiff as well, because you know I don't think um, I just I was so miserable not being in that stadium for that time. Can I choose a game that I wasn't physically at? Well, I mean, there's quite a few of them, so yeah, carry on. That, that is a nasty, nasty thing mm. to say. Mm. No, I'm going to choose <clears throat> the 2003 playoff final Ooh, at the Millennium okay. Stadium in Cardiff. Like it because I was how old was would I have been? 2003. I'd have. I'd have been about six and a half, mm. seven, something mm. like that. Mm. Um, my dad and my cousin were there in Cardiff, and I wasn't. Right. I, he, he didn't take me, so wow. I know. I remember that. Um, I was there for that. <laughs> no, you weren't. No, I wasn't. <laughs> You've uh, you don't you don't even like wolves, mate. You weren't fucking the uh, guy. Um, you didn't swear there, did you? No, 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 no. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, Don't do this. No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. Um, well, I did on the video the other day. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it'd be that one because I, albeit I wasn't there, I remember one of my, you know, an early memory of sitting on the carpet, cross-legged on the floor in front of the TV watching mm. it and I recorded it on VHS and I watched it back probably a million times as a kid. So I, yeah, I'd go with that. I'd go with that game just to, you know, having watched it and seeing Wolves get to the, the big time. Ah, uh, okay. Good stuff. Good memories, man. Love it, love it. Uh, Stu says, um, there's, a, there's a few w- weird and wacky questions, but, you know, it's international break, so we, we, can, we, can, we can chat about them. Um, he says, if you had stayed at Nickelodeon, do you think you'd have been on I'm a Celebrity by now? 
so so for people who don't know, I, I did start my uh, broadcast career in Nickelodeon, uh, which um, the the videos have been locked away in a vault um, and will never to be shown again. But uh, it was it was it was a good good uh, six to six to nine months uh, doing Sabrina and Rugrats etc. To be honest, uh, Stu, I would say less about Nickelodeon than if I had made. And I've mentioned this on the podcast a long time ago. So this is two or three years ago now, probably. I was an alternate for Big Brother 2. So to the stage where I was ready to go into the house if someone had left at a late stage and didn't didn't go in. Um, so that was when, it's before your time. Were you into Big Brother, Kina, back in the day? Yeah, with the to Davina be fair, I did, I did watch it quite a bit, yeah. So there was a guy called Brian who won Big Brother 2, did a lot of presenting, children's presenting, I think, oh, after the, that The Irish well. guy. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 because yeah. he, he, he went on to present it, didn't he? Correct. So Brian yeah. was in my audition group, and uh, as was a lovely girl called Amma who got on as well. Um, and there was me, and there were two other people waiting in this kind of like, you know, halfway house, I guess, waiting to go in if, if someone had gone. We, we were so strange situation for like about three weeks, and then they kind of released us. But one of them actually went in, which was Josh, which was supposed to be, which was like kind of like his love interest at the time. Because, um, so, and I was I was one of two people who missed out. So, what what could have been Kino? Um, but yeah, I would have loved to go on I'm Celebrity. I'm a big fan of Celebrity. I know people I like, don't like it, whatever, but I, I'd love to go in the jungle. I, I think you'd like to do it as well. Trials, I'd love a trial. I don't think I'd have any issues with anything apart from. The one fear, and that will be snakes. Snakes freak me out. Everything else, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm all right with snakes. It's, I mean, I work with one on a daily basis. Yay! Um, <laughs> if you hadn't, if you hadn't done that, I'd have been disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, snakes, I'm all right with. Spiders is the one for me. I can't Ooh, do really? spiders. Um, but I think trials. I don't think I'd be the best at the trials because of some of the creepy crawly stuff would get to me a little bit. But I don't think I'd be okay. anywhere near the worst. I think I'd be all right. I think we're middle of the pack. I think I'd do okay. And I definitely, yeah. I'd 100% enjoy to go on it. I mean, I'm not sure about Nigel Farage going on it uh, in the next few well, days. 1.5 mil, crazy. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, the money's brilliant. I'm not quite sure about the decision to throw him on there. Um, no, no, but a little be, bit hypocritical, it, but anyway. But it'll be, it'll be nice to, to watch him suffer for, for a few days, so let's do that. <laughs> uh, no, that'd be fun, mate. Looking forward to watching that. Um, ba, 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 ba. Andy Spiddle, how highly do you think Sarabia's goal from Saturday rates in the list of best Wolves goals scored? For me, it's up there with Neves' goal against Derby. I don't think it beats that, but it's got to be up there somewhere, isn't it? It's got to be probably top five, isn't it? It's on a highlight reel of the best goals in recent memory for certain. Yeah, surely. I think so. I think it has to be. Um, but that Neves one is just outrageous so I don't I don't think it, I don't think it can top that but it's it's not far away I think when you've got someone like Neves especially there and in the championship and and kind of the um just the way that Wolves were 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 playing under Nuno and that special moment it's almost like we've been graced by an absolutely incredible football it was it was a, like you say it was an I was there moment again wasn't it and I got to see that one live so of course I'm going to rent I book. didn't I, I was uh I was in my third year uni house watching that. Oh, it was on, really? It was, on, it was on Sky, and I was watching it in the living room. Um, and I remember, I remember sitting there watching it with my housemates. Were you like, oh, I better go and watch Judah and Spears at the end of this? Oh, I wish I could be on that one day. I really like those two. I know, I know, now look at me. Now Exce- look at you. Exceeded. Everyone, all my predecessors. Flying. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, many that. people would say, uh, as they did on your report card from from twelve to to eighteen, underwhelmed. But uh, carry on. <laughs> underwhelmed. Uh, that's, and that's ba- just the, the Greg's report card, I'm afraid. <laughs> Louis Back says favorite of Taylor Swift song. I mean, I'm doing this for the misses. I, I haven't really got um, too many songs that I know about because it's it's all it's all for her. Um, I would say maybe blank sp- blank space, all too well, cruel summer. Wildest Dreams, Style, <laughs> Lover, Antihero. But, you know, one of them, I think, you know, just off the top of my head. But, you know, not 22, really I'm going so. for that. Oh, good song. Like it, like it. Good tune. tune. Would you, do you want to come? Do you want to come? No, nah, I'm all right. You sure? No, Mate, nah, it's right. honestly, it'd be quality. No, nah, I'm going to go see Liam Gallagher instead. I'm all right. Oh, God. She's trying to be too cool for school. Why? He goes, she, 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 yeah. I can't understand the word he's saying. You've got no, you've got no taste when it comes to music whatsoever. I guarantee you, I could put a poll out there today. What concert would you rather be at, Taylor Swift or um, Liam Gallagher? And Taylor Swift would win every single time. And that's the that's the people that we have as followers. I guarantee, if you did that and I did that, Taylor Swift wins. The thing is, there's a, there's, it, it probably does win, and the of reason, it do. of course, the, it wins because because it's a better concert. It's not a better concert. The reason oh, being, the reason being, is that. Everyone who people who don't even like Taylor Swift, and I'm talking to the snake across me from the microphone right now. People who don't even like Taylor Swift or the music, (laughs) they they get caught up in just the the fanfare, Mm. and you know it's not good music. I don't have anything against it. I don't know. It's catchy. I've got nothing against her. She's fine. But it's not good music. You know what I mean? It's like wow. Are you joking? She's one of the most talented songwriters of the generation. It's like a load of pop rubbish from. Are you kidding me? From the last few. Are you kidding me? Or so. It's not good music. Why do do you slag off America while you're at it again? You know, your weekly slag off, slag off USA. I don't. I like the USA. I've I've already been once. I need to. I need to go back, but. Could have have gone this summer. Could could have gone with me to Vegas in uh, last month, but didn't fancy it. Bottled it. It. No, people just get caught up in the fanfare. People are talking about her being like one of the greatest artists ever. And I'm like, you've got to be, you're, you've got to be on some serious, serious. I'm not even going to go there. It's crazy. Wow. It's, wow. it's, it's mental if you even consider that. No, oh, wow. I mean, it's absolutely 100% true. That's because um, she is. She's the greatest of all time. Um, I tell you who are not <laughs> no, the greatest. You don't even of, believe that. I, I tell you who. I tell you who are not the greatest of all time, Liam. Hit me. Uh, me and you. Uh, because we shall be missing Fulham uh, away after the international break. We're, we're both away. Uh, I'm going to the old US of A, the, the country that you love and admire for Thanksgiving. We have the trade-off each year that Alana stays here for Christmas and I go to Seattle for Thanksgiving. So I will be I'll be in Thanksgiving. I'll also be having my birthday over there as well. So I'll be back for the Arsenal game. And Liam, you're not going to be there either. No, well, before we talk about me, it's a big birthday for you. You're 50th, isn't it? Wow! Wow! Congrats! I did have a peel the other week, uh, a little skin peel, which is why my, my, my face was a little bit red and also uh, shaved, which looked a little bit weird on camera. But, um, um, you know, sometimes you've got to do these things for, for the old um, high definition that is that is YouTube these days. So, yeah, I did have it. I quite liked it, actually. It hurt, but, um, but I quite liked it. I feel refreshed, ready to go. Um, I'll be back to back to a little bit of grizzle, hopefully for for Arsenal. And I'm I'm 43 by the way um, in November, <laughs> so not 15. Congrats. You douchebag. Um, yeah, well, I'm also aware, as you say, I am going to Ireland for a wedding, so I'm going to be having plenty of. Is it like proper Irish wedding? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose. Guinness, Guinness, <laughs> few, few baby Guinnesses for you, be Chasers. Plenty, plenty. I mean, we we are. Uh, 
officially in... Well, actually, we are staying in Sutherland. So basically, we're right on the border. We're, my cousin uh, live in Derry. He was obviously in Northern Ireland. But yeah, sure. um, <laughs> you'll love this. The the village that we're staying in, which is also the yeah. village where my uncle owns a pub, which is going to be, there's going to be a big party there on a Saturday night. Oh. Which, by the way, I hope it's going to be free Guinness because otherwise I'm kicking off Surely. my uncle big time. Can't be paid bar. This pub yeah. is in a village called Muff. No. Oh, Tino. Yep. Wow. It's Muff. So I'm wow. heading to Muff. <laughs> wow. Wow, not for the first time. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so, yeah, so it should be good, mate. It should be good. It should be, yeah, it's nice to see all my cousins and uh, family again and uh, have plenty of beverages. Is that the Saturday of the wedding? Is that why you can't make a full ham? Or is it Sunday? Because it's been moved to the Monday, so why can't you do both? Uh, well, I'm coming back on the Monday late. Hungover. So, yeah, very not, hungover. Not feeling great. So I won't be there. And then I may have booked off the rest of the week with holiday because I need to use time up anyway so uh, <laughs> I will see you at the press conference uh, before Arsenal I going to say you could have flown to London and a little bit hungover and it's an evening game you could have had a couple of um, couple of what is it called Christmas decoration Greg sandwiches what was it lattices festive what were you bake them? mate huh festive bake festive bake festive bake to sober you up but no no take the week off my god it's going to be big love it um, so yeah I, I, do we know who's going to fun from us uh, I think it might be Matt Mayer, but I'm not ah. 100% certain. I oh, think we're going to get some quality reporting for once, and we apologise that we will not uh, be there. Okay, yeah. I meant from both of us. We're both <laughs> not there. <laughs> uh, right, okay, so uh, Fulham, look. We've talked about it. Craig Dawson is not going to be uh, available, unfortunately, for selection. Liam, you've gone for, well, give me the team again. Um, give me the, your back five. I think you went for a back five in the end. And um, how it's going to play out. What's your yeah. team? I can I can see Sar. Uh, well, to be honest, it'd be easier to just say this. Dawson out, Doc in. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, Sar, Samedo, Doc, Kilman, Central, Totti, uh, Eight Nori. Um yeah, I can just see that that being what it, what he'll go with, but there's a there's a big decision to make there, particularly if Santi isn't available. So there's a big big question mark over him. Um, I think the two midfielders are the same. I think Lamina and Gomez keep their place, and then it's a tough one, but I think he keeps the same mm-hmm. three. Or I suppose Belagard was sort of more central as well, but I think Belagard, Huang, and Cunha will all start. To be honest, I th- so that would mean one change from Spurs, and that's enforced with uh, with Dawson missing out. Okay, and docking the back three, right inside of the back three. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna say that they do change it. I'm gonna say they go back to a four, Liam. I think that he keeps. Um, I think he goes back to a four. I don't think. Um, I'm not including Santiago Bueno in this, but I'm thinking Ryan at Norrie on the left. I'm thinking Totti left centre back. Max Kilman right centre-back. And I think that Nelson Semedo makes way for Matt Doherty at right-back for me. Big call. So I'm saying four. I'm going to go with a 4-3-3. Three, three, and I think he does that. And then I'm going to play João Gomez and Mario Lamina with Bellegarde ahead of them. And then a front three of Huang Cunha and the recalled Pablo Sarabia. Well, it would be a it would be a big reward for what happened. I just I, mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure whether 
whether he would give it to him. But bear in mind that Sarabia's first goal for Wolves and his only goal up until the weekend against Spurs was away at Fulham. Mm. So it could be written in the stars. And I think that's a little bit more attacking and there's a bit of defensive solidity there. Um, I quite like that. What I would say, and like you say, because Craig Dawson is out of this game, but if he wasn't, Liam... Would you still have gone with Nelson Semedo as right wing back? Because Matt Doherty, we haven't really mentioned him, but I thought when he came on, actually did very, very well in that game. And I wondered whether we'd be maybe having a different uh, discussion today if if Dawson was available. Of course, it will be for the for the for the Arsenal game, so maybe we will be having this discussion again. But if he was Dawson was playing and they were going to go with that back five, do you think that the Semedo slash Doherty decision would be a little bit more difficult? Yeah, potentially, because obviously Semedo was very frustrating giving the ball away against Spurs. Doc, I think, yeah, I think he did pretty well when he came on. Got into a decent position where he maybe should have scored, but it was a bit behind him and, in, yeah, not not maybe not a great moment. But he gets into those positions. So I would be very tempted to give him a chance, but equally, I think Semedo's actually been fairly consistent recently, albeit apart from maybe Spurs. But, yeah, I, I don't think... Gary Neal will do it. I think he'll keep Semedo in. But if it was my choice, I might be tempted to give to give mm. Doc a chance. And and he probably will get that opportunity at some point down the line, like every player. But it's it, it's really a question of when. So to your point, actually, it might be a good opportunity. This might be the when. This might be the chance to give Doc that chance. But I think I do think he might go Semedo. Okay. Um, so first of all, I've got to trust you to uh, choose the right winner. Even though you will not be at the game, you'll be drinking lots of Guinnesses. Uh, so I'm going to trust you with that. Um, and you give your prediction and then I will choose it and the winner will win that Beldre. Beautiful plug-in heater. And also, give him, give him a shirt, Kino. You choose the shirt. Let's go for the blue one. Oh, the blue one. The kind of graffiti one. Is it, whatever it's called, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, so the blue... Is that the third shirt? It's the third kit, right? Yes. Blue third shirt and the, uh, and the heater. Kino, with your prediction, please, bebe. So, Fulham are also missing Jao Paulinho. Yes. Who's uh, got five bookings as well, so it's a big loss for them. Mm-hmm. We'll take that, it, baby. That, that will definitely play into Wolves' hands. I think that they're struggling a little bit for goals. I think they've been very average this season in comparison to last season, Fulham. I think it's a tight, tough game, but I think Wolves win 1-0. Ooh, 1-0 win. Flying. Barbecue Flying. coming. Flying, barbecue on the way. Barbecue sizzling away. God, could you imagine? Oh, um, okay. Um, I think it's going to be a difficult game. I think I think that Paulinho and, and Dawson kind of cancel each other out to their importance in the side. I, I, I think that Fulham will be better than what they've shown recently. I'm going to go Fulham 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1 on Monday Night Football. And that will be for the win. So... Either way, Wolves are hopefully picking up points. Uh, looking forward to watching the game from abroad. I'm sure you'll be... Will you be watching it, Liam? Oh, no, you won't be at the wedding, will you? We'll be just, no, no, just no, refreshing I think, scores. Be, I think I'll be back in time to, to catch it, maybe. On oh, where? Where are you going to be watching it? Oh, the old Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll be able to oh. watch it, I think. Um, I need to double-check what time we're going to be travelling, but I think I'll be back in time. So oh, I'll, I'll be <laughs> sitting back and relaxing and <laughs> kicking back with a couple, couple of beers, dude. 
couple of couple of beers, couple of festive bakes. Love to see it. Um, sorry, we've gone away. Oh, 95 minutes. God, 95 minutes. But you know, this is going to be this week. This will be next week's as well because obviously we're both off. Uh, hence, we previewed Fulham, and then we'll be back for I think a week on Thursday. Uh, pre, yeah, a week on Thursday before the Arsenal game on the Saturday. We shall be back for episode 317. But thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. Have a great week, everyone, including you, Liam. Uh, from both of us, fingers crossed, three points at Fulham in a couple of weeks' time. Take care. Bye-bye.